Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. I am really excited about this show today, and I know I say that a lot, but this person that's our guest today is one of my favorite humans ever. Um, His name is Stephen Ritz. He is the founder of the Green Bronx Machine. I've had him on the show before. It's been a couple of years um, when he released his best-selling book, The Power of a Plant. He has such an amazing perspective on food, nutrition, children, education. And today is World Food Day. And there is just nobody else I'd rather talk to and celebrate this day with than Stephen Ritz. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, Stephen. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Well, hello, Jill, and howdy, Go Green Radio. It is an honor to be here, and I am thrilled to talk with you. Well, and I'm thrilled to talk with you, and I only wish that we could be in the same space, but maybe after the pandemic, we could get together and maybe even get our families together, because I just think you're amazing. In fact, we're going to talk about your new documentary pretty soon, and we're going to talk about the Green Bronx Machine, but I just want to let you know, my husband and I already have a date night secured. I bought our ticket for the virtual uh, online debut of your new documentary, and so we already have a date night planned. So he is as big of a fan of your work. You're going to love it, and you're and have a great date night. I can't wait to get feedback. But today <laughs> is the 75th anniversary of the yes. Food and Agriculture Organization of the UN. And yes, I am excited. Is. Remarkably, today my day started at 3 o'clock in the morning because I was addressing the UN via the United <gasps> Arab Emirates um, to no. discuss food security and food sovereignty overseas. Whoa. But, you know, I, I want to start with a simple premise. I know you're anxious to talk about, you know, here in America? How do we defeat hunger, improve nutrition, and increase food security? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start with a real simple premise, simply that we have the ability to end hunger tomorrow. We need mm-hmm. to develop the appetite for it. Realize this. We are a country that put a man on the moon and retrieved him. Therefore, we do have the logistical ability to put mm-hmm. good food in people's bellies. And it's just really creating food access, food systems, and food equity that works for all. So those are the focuses of my work since we've spoken last. And obviously the pandemic has created, you know, the pandemic is, I think, symptomatic of three larger viruses, the virus Mm -hmm. of greed, the virus of corruption, and the virus of racism. But it is up to us to really rethink how we look at food, how we see food, how we grow it, distribute it, and market it to really create equity um, and to remove some of the barriers to justice that are fundamentally part of our food system. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I want to dig into that because I'd love to hear more about uh, your remarks at the UN this morning and your relationship, you know, with them and, and some of the work that you've been doing in that arena. And then we'll dive into things about, uh, you know, our own country and things that, that you've been involved with, but, Talk to us about that first. That's fascinating. Well, I'm proud to say that since the work started here, it has literally gone from the Bronx to the world. And literally, mm-hmm. we built the first uh, what first net positive energy school in the world called Fairgreen International School. I'm the director of health, wellness, and innovation for ESOL Education. And in the sustainable city, we built this school while the entire sustainable city is off the grid. But the very technology that we championed here in the Bronx now feeds thousands of people and is part of an amazing school and and, and under the umbrella of an amazing school system known as ESOL Education, which, by the way, was the top 20 school in the UAE and has a tremendous focus on health, wellness, sustainability. And remarkably, in the middle of the desert, we are growing food 365 days a year with 90% less water, 90% less space, and zero miles to plate. And why is that important for the UAE? Well, for the same reason, it's important right here in the poorest congressional district in America, because every bit of food in the UAE came from somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. when you give people the ability to become producers instead of consumers, you change everything. And that's the lens of equity that I'm focused on. I love that. And in fact, you know, just 
speaking about that part of the world, I remember when there was a drought in Russia and they decided that they were not going to be exporting wheat. And everybody who watches the, you know, the the geopolitical forces around food exports and imports gasped. And that was right before Arab Spring started. Um, and And the thinking was, Hungry bellies fueled that flame in in many ways, and and you're exactly right. When you are ultra dependent on external forces for your nutrition to to fill your belly, that is a very insecure place to be in. And there are so many places, even in America, that that are that way. I mean, I have done some work in school districts where there are 45,000 people who live in the town and not one single grocery store. They're feeding their families out of essentially a 7-Eleven. So I want to get your thoughts. How are we doing in America to defeat hunger, improve nutrition, and increase food security? I think the pandemic has really called into attention, called attention to all the issues around food access and food security. But mm-hmm. we can change this tomorrow. We need to develop the political will and the community mindset to do so. And I think this horrible, horrible moment right now in American history, and let's call it what it is, uh, it is a horrible moment, will get mm-hmm. us all to a movement and a much better place. I'm just so and by all the pain, discomfort, disease, disease, and death that we've had to endure to do it. But again, my singular premise is that, you know, for a nation that put a man on the moon and retrieved him, it should not be that hard to consistently put good food in people's stomachs. What we need to do is stop looking at children in schools as epicenters of profit and marketing to them instead of learning to grow with them. And that's clearly mm-hmm. the work that we've been doing since day one at Green Bronze Machine. It's about growing something greater. It's about, you know, creating school performance, the food access, and healthy, high-performing children around the lens of inter- inter- interdependence and independence of growing food, that we can be the ones we are waiting for, and that systemically and procedurally we can work our way up the food chain to grow something greater that builds value for everybody. Well, you know, it's really you know, interesting. Food should be a right. Good food should be a basic yeah. human right, not just for the wealthy. <laughs> you're, you're so we right. We also need and to think about how we're doing it for the planet. Well, and the thing is, you know, I think I was shocked. I mean, I work with schools. You know, that's my job as well with the Go Green Initiative. And so I know very well the role that schools play in feeding our nation's children. I know that there are school districts um, that I work in that are reticent to call a school day or I mean a snow day because they know that many of their children will not have a meal. Because that meal that is. was supposed to come from the school. And I, but, but here's what got me, Stephen. When we started to see that as soon as schools started closing down, what many of them, their first thought was, how are we going to feed the kids? There were people that I am no longer Facebook friends with who were outraged. Why is this the school's you know, uh, job? Why is this something that's taxpayer subsidized? And I, I was just floored that there was so much surprise on the part of Americans that that was a huge role of our schools. Talk to us about what you think about that and your vision for school nutrition in the 21st century. Well, how we treat our children is indicative of who we are as a nation. And I'd like to believe that we should be going from a nation of health care to a nation of self-care. And in many places, schools, let's face it, we are loco parentis. So many Mm -hmm. parents, you know, the the myth of poverty is people out there on the other side of poverty don't understand how difficult it is to be poor, what it's like to have three or four minimum wage jobs, pay the rent, get three children, two or three children to different schools, catch a bus that may or may not be coming. The, the, The barriers to justice that come with poverty make being poor a full time job. Now, if we as a nation want to really grow opportunities for the most marginalized, we need to realize one simple thing. Food is fuel. And, you know, you can't educate children who aren't well-fed or poorly fed. I say for so many, food is the absolute most important school supply in the world, especially Mm -hmm. if you don't have it. And let's face facts. Children will never be well-read if they're not well-fed. So in communities like mine where we're force-fed soda and chips 
and all kinds of processed food that ultimately costs taxpayers so much more because our children are dying of diabetes, heart disease, and obesity, the best thing we can do is feed them well because children will never be well-read if they're not well-fed. And input equals output. So it's really an investment in our nation to make sure that we teach children to eat well and teach them to eat properly and teach them to grow food. Now, there are some corporate entities that might take umbrage with that. The status quo may take umbrage with that. But again, we need to really look at our nation and our children as the lens to our future and how we treat them, feed them, and cultivate their palate not only determines their health outcomes, but really the health, wealth, and stability of the entire planet. Because so much of the crap, and what I mean by crap is calorie-rich and processed food that we force-feed <laughs> and send to these communities is literally bathed in fossil fuel. And that, we know, is no longer sustainable for anybody. That is so true. That, that's well said. And I, I didn't know there was an acronym for crap, but now that I know, I'm going to use it all the time. Stephen, you're a gym. We've I call it a take... mess. Manufactured <laughs> edible synthetic substances. That's, that's my other side. I try and be polite, but I call it, we're eating a mess. Manufactured edible synthetic substances. There's no food it in that food. We're going to take a quick commercial right. break. But when we come back, I we are going to have so much more to talk about with Stephen Ritz. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. We have one of my favorite humans as a guest today. So if you've just joined us, let me catch you up. His name is Stephen Ritz. He's the founder of the Green Bronx Machine, which you can easily open a new tab in your web browser. Keep listening to us on voiceamerica.com, but open up a new tab in your web browser and go to greenbronxmachine.org. And you're going to be able to follow along with some of the things we're talking about today because Stephen, in order for our listeners to really get your perspective and understand where you're coming from, I'd like for you to give us sort of the Reader's Digest version of how the Green Bronx Machine was born. Take us back in time a little bit and tell us how it's... Okay, well, Green Bronx Machine was born with the simple belief that we are all Americans, Mexicans, Dominicans, African-Americans, nobody here is a Kent. And we believe that when you move people who are apart from success and make them a part of it, everything changes for 100% of America. So simply put, this was a program that began with my work with overage, undercredited children, traditionally disconnected youth, 
sadly, the children who more often than not fall in the cracks, wind up in prison, wind up with a variety of health and social emotional needs that everyone else pays for. And when you put them in a place where they can become compassionate and empathetic and valued members of society, everything changes. So remarkably, right after the millennium, I was charged with teaching science in a school uh, that had the lowest graduation rate in all of New York City. And along with that came teaching science, mindful that I had no background in teaching science, none at all. You know, I, <laughs> I am not a scientist. I'm not a farmer. I'm not an agriculturalist. You know, I was an aspiring basketball player. Lo and behold, <laughs> I put out a request on the Internet for colleagues. Someone help me. Send me a microscope. Give me some ideas. Give me something. And about three weeks later, I get a call to the principal's office. Mr. Ritz, come to the office, please. And I'm like, yes, my prayers are answered. And I go running down to the principal's office like a child on Christmas morning. I look at this huge box and I'm jubilant. I'm like, wow, this is going to be science. And I open up the box and I'm like, holy crap. What is this? This was a box of onions. It was an evil plot. Someone was out to trick me. I'm like, I can't take this thing to my classroom. The kids will throw them at me. They'll kill me. They'll stink. So like a, like, like a sad dog, I take this thing with my head between my legs. I bring it to the classroom and I throw this box of what I thought were onions underneath the radiator in the back of a room and literally forgot about it. Fast forward eight weeks later, there was a kind of a disturbance in class. This skinny young man uh, named Gonzalo uh, starts teasing this girl, Carol, who's 200 pounds, piercings, tattoos, and hits her right between the eyes with a joke about her mother. The whole class is wild, and Carol jumps up out of her seat and is running across the room. And in slow motion, I say, my career is (laughs) over. I see this boy Gonzalo reaching under the radiator, and I'm like, oh, my God, here comes a weapon. This is just going to be awful. And instantly he grabs and comes up with a handful of flowers, big yellow flowers, and starts waving them in Carol's face. And the whole class cracks up, and we didn't even know where these flowers came from. That's what we call a teachable moment in the South Bronx. And it turned out that those onions were actually daffodil bulbs, and we figured we should do a little research. We went inside. It turns out we were invited to plant them. And that year, me and 17 of the most disconnected youth in all of New York City, children who had come from jail, from all sorts of hardship, wound up planting 25,000 bulbs across New York City um, to commemorate 9-11 in parks everywhere. We were invited down by city council to appear. They thought we were the honors program, it goes to show you. And Green Brown Station was born. We went, you know, to being a part of a problem to be a part from a problem, part from a solution to being a part of it. And that was game changing. Fast forward, our program helped generate 2,200 living wage jobs in the poorest congressional district in America, which in and of itself is game changing. And then we learned about this amazing thing that you could really grow food. Because as the program took off and we got children jobs in landscaping and green roofs and environmental remediation, we were eating the food that was available in the community. And more often than not, that was crap, calorie-rich and processed. It was a mess, manufactured edible synthetic substances. So as hard as we were all working, we were eating ourselves fat, sick, and busy. Lo and behold, thanks to my friends at Whole Foods, they invited us down to a Whole Foods in Manhattan. And we never saw so much food in our lives. And it was real food. It was good food. It was fresh fruits and vegetables. And guess what we saw? We saw people spending money on it. And it clicked almost instantaneously. And we went from ornamental and environmental gardening straight to food and haven't looked back. I love it. I'm proud to say 100,000 pounds of vegetables later, here we are in the South Bronx growing something greater. But my favorite crop these organically grown citizens, graduates, members of the middle class, and children are going to are going to college. You know, I wrote about this. You mentioned in the book, the book, mm-hmm. I highlight all of this in my book called The Power of a Plant. And remarkably, that book went on to become a number one bestseller and fuel so much more in our community to grow something greater. So listeners, if you're out there, please go to the Green Bronx Machine site and purchase a copy of The Power of the Plant, please. And I highly recommend, I mean, I've read it twice. It's on my bookshelf with pride. And it's, I mean, it's funny. It's instructive. It's inspiring. I love that book, The Power of a Plant. And I really do 
underscore my enthusiasm for for getting a hold of that book, listeners, because it's so worth it. It's a story that needs to be shared. Now, fast forward, you know, you have expanded way beyond the Bronx. You know, we started talking about at the beginning of the show, you know, how you were talking with the UN this morning. You've been in schools all over the place. Talk to us about what you do when you go out and you travel and you meet in schools, you know, in in many different places. What happens? So, you know, jokingly, I say it's from our greenhouse to the White House. And literally, you know, our students have presented at the Obama White House three times. We're the only school program in the nation that has put a garden inside and outside of the White House. Remarkably, I even got to meet Mrs. Obama Secret Service took my keys hat, but we took a wonderful picture together. But, you know, it was her words that really inspired me to go from 320 pounds to becoming a champion of change and, you know, get back to my normal body weight of 180, Um, you know, free of medication, free of disease, free of disease, uh, you know, with normal blood pressure and absolutely no medication. So, you know, make no doubt about it. A plant forward or a plant based diet can change everything. Our program, I jokingly say, from hope to the Pope. And I don't know if you know, but I was invited to meet His Holiness, Pope Ah, Francis, in the Vatican, which in turn, you know, it was great because he even wrote me a get out of school note. It was great to have a note from His Holiness excusing (laughs) me from school for the day. But at the end of the day, to your point, the appetite for healthy children and high performing schools is something that is universal. And yep. parents need help. I've never met a parent, for better or for worse, that I don't want the best for my child. Yeah. So sometimes we need to help them with that. I've never met a principal or a superintendent or a school system who says, I don't want a high-performing school. So Green Bronze Machine set out on an entire trajectory to create curriculum. And that is perhaps the biggest differentiator between us and every other organization in this space. Because... We are not the garden program. We are the whole school program. We have yes. the Green Bronze Machine curriculum, which is data-driven and it's transformed schools across the nation and literally around the world. You know, this little can-do choo-choo train from the South Bronx is now touching 50,000 students daily in 20 states and five nations and growing daily. And it's rooted in the fact that the art and science of vegetables, growing vegetables indoor aligns the common core, next-generation science standards, P21 and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal, is a lens for healing the nation, healing the world, and teaching how to t- children how to grow food, eat food, and treat each other in an equitable and, and justice-promoting manner. I love that so much, so much. Um, and your curriculum, you know, it's great because on your website, you can get snippets, you can see videos, you can see the, the table of contents. And I really, you know, I, I'd really like to challenge our listeners, if you want to try and get this curriculum into your schools, uh, it's worth a, a little fundraiser to bring it in because this is great stuff. It's aligned to standards. So all of the, you know, difficulties with bringing in, I know that a lot of organizations try to promote curriculum, but it's not always aligned. It's extra instructional minutes. Not this. This is good stuff. So I want our listeners to check that out. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Joe. I was just going to share that it's really disruptive by nature. Um, And the whole thing with curriculum is we designed something that, believe it or not, we were offered six and seven figures to sell it to an educational company who would have monetized it. With this mm. curriculum, you get a lifetime site license, no tiered subscriptions, no annual fees, you get access to me, you get access to professional development, we maintain the data, and this curriculum wasn't designed for champion teachers because champion teachers are fine. It was designed for principals and school systems that want to transform performance and health outcomes. I'm proud to say in over 500 schools, we have 100% teacher satisfaction, and that, uh. to me, is, is the lens we're changing what is going on in schools daily. The curriculum yep. is low cost. It uses low cost replicable technology. Believe it or not, a simple school garden grant from Whole Kids Foundation or many other wonderful charitable sponsors gets you this curriculum, not for six months, not for six weeks, not for six years, but for a lifetime because mm-hmm. we are committed to changing schools and changing outcomes and facilitating health outcomes, not for six months at a time, but for a lifetime. 
And best of all, 94% of the children who do it want to do it again. And that's yeah. the kind of success that teachers can really build more successes upon. Well, and what's great is, you know, I, I have been around the Green Schools movement for a very long time, and there are a lot of people running programs in it that don't have the foggiest notion how a school works, how a school budget works, how a district budget works, how curriculum is adopted. You do. You've been a teacher. You've been an administrator. You know the, everything from what happens in the classroom to the politics of the school board. And this curriculum reflects what schools really need. And I love that. We're going to take a quick break. But I like come to back, say have- from disruption to delivery. There you go. There you go. And we're going to deliver up a commercial break here real quick, but don't go away because we have so much more to talk about, everybody. So we'll be back with more Go Green Radio right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. I'm so glad that you could join us today. And if you've just tuned in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Stephen Ritz. He's the founder of the Green Bronx Machine. And as I mentioned in the first two segments, one of my favorite humans in the whole wide world. He is um, an amazing individual, not only an educator, not only uh, an inspiration, but somebody who's really making a substantive change. And we're going to get a preview into that substantive change through his new documentary. And I mentioned already, Stephen, my husband and I have already got it on our calendar, date night for your online premiere. Talk to us about this brand new movie and tell us how people can get their tickets. Well, thank you for that. The name of the film is called Generation Growth, and it literally follows the expansion of Green Bronze Machines, sponsored by Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield Medicaid, uh, across the nation in some of the most diverse communities you can imagine, urban, rural. Uh, I went to a town that had 437 people total in the middle of a cornfield, not a single (laughs) store. Not a single business. We were in downtown Toledo. We did some schools here in the Bronx. And literally, it was, it captures what happens when you put unity back into community and when you empower children to take control of their lives. So the film was sponsored by Anthem. And again, they were kind and wonderful sponsors. And it actually grew out of an episode of Growing a Greener World. Um, a TV show that featured us that went on to win the series' first Emmy Award in 10 years uh-huh. and the first Emmy Award ever 
for a program featuring schools and children in New York City. And remarkably, in the South Bronx, to win an Emmy Award for Growing a Greener World speaks volumes. And literally mm-hmm. what happened is one evening, some of the kind folks at Anthem, in fact, they wound up becoming executive producers of the film, happened to see this show in the middle of the night. And they were watching TV together. They sent an email to each other. Are you watching this? I'm crying my eyes out. This can change the world. <laughs> they woke up in the morning. They sent me an email. I still remember it to this day. And, say, you know, saying, we're in West Virginia. We'd love to learn more. I wrote them back. And literally this program got picked up and has been rolled out to, you know, scores of schools across the country with Herculean success. And this film, Generation Growth, captures that, that trajectory. It was literally filmed over two years. So you see the curriculum in action. We visit the mountains of Appalachia, where we took children in foster care to guide them towards opening the first commercial greenhouse in the heart of coal country. So imagine wow. instead of digging for coal, they are now growing vegetables on top of the land instead of destroying it generating jobs, health, wealth, opportunity, and literally healing themselves. Because what do we know about foster care children, particularly in Appalachia? They are particularly destined to become homeless, obese, Mm -hmm. and unemployed. So we are literally, you you literally get to see the movie. It deals with beautiful little children um, in some of the craziest communities. It highlights our wheelchair, first handicapped, accessible farm and commercial kitchen in America. So I certainly want to shout out Anthem for their generosity and their sponsorship. And it's just an amazing tale. But at the end of the story, which, by the way, has an incredibly happy ending, you walk away realizing that all the crises that we are facing today in this nation can be cured. So these are some tough times. And I say the soul of America and often the world is in contention right now. Mm-hmm. The beauty of this film is that it shares the notion that teachers change lives. And we are the ones we are waiting for. And we don't need to be light at the end of the tunnel. We need to be the light inside of it. And together we can grow something greater. So I couldn't be more proud of the movie. I'm so excited. It debuted at the film festival, at the Heartland Film Festival last week. It's going to the Hot Springs Film Festival next. And it is earning accolades and five-star reviews from teachers, families, students, and administrators everywhere. So we're super excited about it. We do have an online world premiere, and you can learn more about that by sending us an email to info at greenbronxmachine.org. Again, let me repeat that, info at greenbronxmachine.org. Next week, we'll be pushing tickets, you know, uh, on our social media platforms. But in the interim, you know, feel free to reach out at info at greenbronxmachine.org. Or, Jill, you can share the link that you got with all I'm your listeners and friends, and we'll be putting it out on social. But this movie will make to. you laugh, cry, and jump for joy. I am so excited. And and like I said, it's date night for Mr. and Mrs. Buck. We're going to be watching it on the 24th. And so I'm so excited. And I will share the link that I got with everybody. Now, during the pandemic, uh, you know, we're seeing food lines everywhere. And I know that the Green Bronx Machine has been handing out a lot of food during the pandemic. Tell us more about that work, Stephen. Well, make no doubt about it. The pandemic changed everything, particularly in a community that has limited means and limited access to healthy, fresh food in the first place. But imagine being, you know, restricted to your homes. Imagine, you know, reduced access to supermarkets in the first place because of Mm -hmm. social distancing. So sometimes it took three, four hours to get into a supermarket if they were going to open, if they could open, because those essential workers were then home with their children. So the combined crisis of the pandemic really has an amplifying and, and, you know, a multiplier effect mm-hmm. in a community like ours. And really, four of the five zip codes in New York City with the highest per capita infection rate are right here. Wow. You know, uh, and, and when you think about what that means, wow. Also, who has the greatest percentage of essential workers? Right here. Mm-hmm. So those problems in and of itself were game-changing. But instantaneously, what we realize is when restaurants closed and institutions closed, there was all this food that was already being grown or already being shipped or already in the pipeline that had no home. So literally in the middle of the night, my wife and some community members and I figured out how to access that food and buy it for pennies on the dollar. And we were able to take that food that would have gone into the garbage and create Mm -hmm. local networks and distribution right here in the middle of public housing, literally getting out 2,300 meals a day 
and delivering food door-to-door to seniors who are recovering from cancer and food insecure who could not leave their homes, yeah. and also to 55 of the most vulnerable families surrounding our school. I'm so thrilled to share that last week we celebrated 100,000 pounds of food delivered wow. largely by my wife door-to-door <laughs> since the pandemic. Yesterday here at school, we gave every single children a backpack full of healthy, fresh food. Uh, you know, I call it backpacks with love and food <laughs> with dignity that goes home, that is healthy food. We then convene with children online. All summer long, we built socially distant, responsible gardens so that children could get outside, get fresh oh. air, interact with our what I call our foundational elders, and get some experience around growing food, getting fresh air, but also maintaining good, you know, protocol along with the yep. CDC. So it has been game-changing. And, of course, we, had, we debuted the first Zoom cooking program in the <laughs> nation that delivered food to a central location on Tuesday and convened with those participants on Wednesday. Because it's one thing when a celebrity chef gets online and makes Chateaubriand while children are at home eating crap or often yep. nothing, watching, looking, and lusting at for it. It's a whole other thing when you give people the ingredients they need and get them online together to create that. Oh, I love that. One of the that. things that we're doing now is building gardens that have internet connectivity. So instead of going to Starbucks, no, we're going to the garden to get online, get instruction, get good food, and get good health. So oh for us, gosh. it has been game-changing, and I'm proud to say that Green Bronx Machine was the recipient of the 2020 New York City Food Policy Center Game Change Award. Um, you know, and this is just a little program that can, does, and will keep on working. I love it. Oh, Stephen, and congratulations on that award. So deserved and such a great role model. I mean, just going back to what you said in segment one, we are Americans. We can. Nobody's a can. Now, I got to tell you, my family's a hockey family. Uh, I've spent the better part of my young parental years in hockey rinks across California. Um, And I am so excited to hear about what you're doing in partnership with the Chicago Blackhawks team captain. Tell us more. Captain Sirius, my buddy, Jonathan Caves, what a hero. And literally, uh, you know, I know nothing about hockey. I've never played hockey in my life. Four years ago, I got a call from Jonathan, and literally I hung up on him because I didn't know who he was. (laughs) It was kind of like really brief. I had no idea. And then I Googled him up, and I was like, oh, my God, I better go back and look. But Jonathan, um, in addition to being one of the most serious and competitive athlete you'll ever meet and a devout intellectual it, it's wild because you see him on the hockey on the hockey ice and you're like mortified of the guy and you sit down and talk to him and he's one of the most brilliant insightful <laughs> reflective contemplative gentlemen you'll ever want to meet it, it's really a remarkable uh it's a remarkable combination of, of strength beauty agility grace and humanity and he just took it upon himself as he was going into the later stages of his career he's 13 years in he realized that food is fuel. And he was up one night watching TV with his girlfriend, and he happened to see a special uh, that featured us. I think it was Growing a Greener World, or it might have been, you know, where Green Bronze Machine was featured on Indefensive Food. And what people don't know about Jonathan is how incredibly philanthropic he is. He has done, and the Blackhawks too. I really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, here in New York, I'd like to see the New York teams, and I will say this without shame, I'd like to see the New York teams and organizations follow the great philanthropic work that the Blackhawks and Jonathan and team captain have championed, both publicly mm-hmm. and more often than not, privately. And Jonathan, to your point, being the scholar-athlete that he is, realized mm-hmm. that there was great value in the Green Bronze Machine curriculum. And we came up with a criteria And at that time, Chicago was going through tremendous issues with the union, with teachers, with public schools and everything. And we championed a program. We started off with 20 public schools uh, transforming both the academic and behavioral health outcomes of children focused on social determinants of health and school data. And the first year was spectacular. The program grew to 40 schools. The program grew to 60 schools. Earlier this week, I was with him and we're so excited. We're going to be literally in the spring coming together with another initiative to take liquor stores out of marginalized and low-income communities and build community centers that look wow. just like our classroom here in the South Bronx, teaching children how to grow food, sell food, and then turnkey them back to local organizations that have the criteria, the manpower, and the willingness to maintain them to grow something greater. So make I no doubt about that. it. Jonathan is 
such a hero of mine. And remarkably, to think that Michael Jordan has been wearing his jersey in response to Jonathan's heroic response to the wow. Black Lives Matter movement has been game-changing. And wow. here's the deal, which you'll appreciate. When you look at the sustainability goals of the NHL, they focus on two things. Energy, because hockey is such an energy-intense yep. sport, and water, because obviously you need water to have ice. And That's remarkably, right. Jonathan's commitment to children growing healthy food in healthy schools, using 90% less water, 90% less energy, and 90% less space, totally align. And to think that he was awarded both the environmental athlete and the 2019 Chicagoan of the Year for his work with Green Bronze Machine is just heartwarming. It is a model of excellence and philanthropy and also impact, progress, and purpose for all. So kudos and let's go Blackhawks, let's go (laughs) Blackhawks. I couldn't be more inspired by him and the organization. I was literally in Chicago on Monday meeting with him and meeting a teacher who had followed him for 13 years across his career while transforming lives in one of the most marginalized communities in all of the south side of Chicago. And it's well, that's where my husband grew up. So that's why this this resonates with me so much. He was he's a South Side boy. Well, let me give a big shout out to the people at Torres Elementary School and their Yay. champion teacher, Javier Lopez. Yay, yes, Mr. Tomo, Lopez. Torres. And we were on, we were literally online, Jonathan, with the whole school on that Monday from awesome. the parking lot. And it was amazing. And Jonathan that. signed jerseys and hats for everybody. Oh, that's so cool. He is, he's something else. And, uh, and, and I think that is just the way to be. Uh, I love it. And I hope that your New York teams follow suit. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, so much more with Stephen Ritz, Green Bronx Machine. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. I know you're enjoying this just as much as I am. Stephen Ritz is just one of those human beings that makes us all want to be our best selves. And I want you to get out on his website because he's got so much to offer. TheGreenBronxMachine.org is the place to be. Um, Stephen, you know, I, I visited your merch shop on the website and you're selling shirts with the phrase education, not asphyxiation. And I want you to talk to us about what that means. And if we all go out and buy those shirts, how we explain that phrase to the people that that see our shirts so please do thank you for that and please do buy one of those shirts education not asphyxiation that shirt was inspired sadly by the tragic death of george floyd and so many others but what it stands for is something something so important is that communities like mine and communities across america are being choked to death by air pollution by environmental racism by social degradation And the reality is we are the ones we are waiting for. So when you purchase that shirt, that shirt is a resource. It provides living wage jobs to the people who make it. But that shirt enables us to send home a backpack of food and school supplies to a child in need while nurturing the community. Because we believe that zip code and skin color should not determine outcomes in life. And sadly, that is still the biggest 
prognosticator for success in the United States is zip code and skin color. And it should be education and access. So we want fresh air. We want clean water. We want the things that everybody is entitled to. And the education, not asphyxiation here, calls attention to the tragic lives lost and the tremendous opportunity that we have to rethink the issues of eliminating barriers to justice in our community. And realize this, you know, it's no longer birthplace. It is breakfast that determines your outcome. It is no longer your lineage, but your lunch. And it's no longer DNA, but what you eat for dinner that allows you to express your genetic potential to its fullest. So the degree to which we resist injustice is the degree to which we are free. And that's really at the heart of what this movement is about. Because the opposite of courage is not cowardice. The opposite of courage is conformity. Because Mm. even a dead fish can go with the flow. So we're out to be disruptive. We want people to do something today that their future self and future community will thank them for and realize as we head towards November, not only is it election time, so I want everyone to vote, but each and every day you vote with your mouth, you vote with your fork, and you vote with your wallet. So how you spend your time, your money, and your influence sends a message to everybody and do something today that your future self will be proud of. So please purchase a shirt. Feel free to make a donation. Follow us on social media. You can follow me on social media. But get out there and make epic happen. Let courage, passion, purpose, and hope be our North Star. Let compassion be the new curriculum. And we should all be about educating instead of asphyxiating ourselves, our neighbors, and communities. Well, and you really do put the unity in community. I mean, you walk the walk. And there are so many projects that are outlined on your website that demonstrate that. And the way that you bring, you know, students and their community together is so beautiful. In fact, when I read about the partnership that you have with Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital, I I literally cried. It's so beautiful. Tell us a little bit more about that program, just so people get a flavor of how you put your words into action. Sure. So we have some of the highest incidences of cancer per capita in the nation right here in the South Bronx. A lot of it has to do with food. A lot of it has to do with environment. There are a lot of social determinants of health that impact that. But Mm -hmm. when these seniors come out of treatment, they are returned home and they are frail. And more often than not, they are living in public housing and they are food insecure. So what we did right here in the middle of the Bronx is we started having our children grow food for seniors. And the basic premise was that sometimes children don't like vegetables, and that's okay. I'm not going to force feed them that. But they loved growing food for someone they saw every day in their building. And when they saw that good food was medicine and that hood food could be good food and good food could (laughs) be medicine, wow, they got really excited. And what happens when those seniors started getting better? They started coming out of their homes. They started mentoring the children. They started coming to visit in school. And the children really got excited about contributing to their health and well-being. And along the way, if our children can make the lives of seniors a little easier and less stressful, and in turn, the seniors can give our children a little more love and attention because so many of the parents are so busy doing other things, it is win, win, and win. And to this day, we continue to grow food and deliver it to seniors each and every week, uh, door to door. The children are involved. The children write letters. It's really connected people in a very disconnected world. It has Mm -hmm. connected them tangibly and in a way that is changing health outcomes and saving everybody money because it has now become self-care instead of health care. It has now become a high-performing school instead of a summer school. It has Mm -hmm. now become a school of excellence instead of a school of remediation. So the multiplier effect in and of this community goes to show you that we are the light inside of our tunnel instead of the light at the end. There's nobody here on a white horse. This is not a savior mentality. It is Mm -hmm. people by us, for us, doing for ourselves and growing something greater while benefiting all of the nation. And it's so human. I mean, that's, that is what resonates with me with everything that you do is really seeing human beings, encountering human beings. And I I can't think of a higher purpose. I like to say we put the human into being. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, Stephen, we have a lot of students, uh, some 
K through 12, but a lot of college students who listen to the show and, you know, they, they want to do something that matters. They want to, you know, they want to get their education and then they want to go, you know, do a job, be in a career that, that matters and has meaning. What is the secret to your success? Give us some advice, give these students some advice to, to maybe start and sustain a movement like you have. So number one, you know, don't listen to the naysayers. And if you're not pissing people off, you're not working hard enough. But (laughs) the simple rules are the same things that we learned in kindergarten. Come early, stay late, say please, say thank you, say have a nice day, say thank you for correcting me. Those basic rules in life go really, really far. And, you know, I, I always say that it's not winning and losing. It's winning and learning. Because I don't lose. I learn. I'm probably one of the biggest failures you'll ever meet. But every failure has gotten me closer to a bigger success. And think about this. You know, Formula 409. You know why they call it Formula 409? Because the 408 prior iterations did not work. (laughs) WD-40. You know why it's called WD-40? Because 1 through 39 almost were right. But it took the 40th attempt. So be endlessly resilient. Be passionate. Uh, Some of the other things I tell children and young people all the time is, listen, it's not your net worth. It is your net work. So grow out Mm. there and grow something greater Uh, along the way. Look up, smell the flowers, feel the sun, put the device down, try and fall in love at least once in life. And Mm. remember, we are all part of a greater living ecosystem and the sun will come up tomorrow. So do your best to make sure that you do something today that your future self and future community will thank you for. I love that, Stephen. And I think that, you know, that we just need a big shot of that in our world today. And I am so grateful to you for coming on Go Green Radio today and sharing your story. And I really, I want to underscore what we said earlier in the show. Stephen's story is told so beautifully in his book, The Power of a Plant. Like I said, I've read it twice and uh, we actually talked about it on this show a couple of years ago. So you can listen to that show as well. And and I really think that... Um, just even looking at the trailer, I'm so excited to see the movie uh, that's coming out, Generation Growth. So I'm going to share on my social media the link where I got my tickets for my date night to watch the show. But Stephen, thank you for what you and your family are doing. Thank you to the Green Bronx Machine. And thank you to our listeners for joining us as well. You know, we're going to be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. But until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.